Welcome to the first ever episode of Real Talk, the Ryan David podcast. Um, I'm going to jump right in on this first ever episode. This is kind of a, a junk episode, if you will. First ever, you know, kind of like first time you ride a bike. If you fall down, it's okay. Uh, so I'm going to use this episode actually to break a cardinal rule, um, a rule of thumb in terms of when you meet somebody, uh, maybe a first date or you get introduced is stay away from controversial topics or conversations that could potentially become controversial um, I'm going to actually break that. I'm going to shatter that. I'm going to destroy that because today what I want to speak about, um, I will rant, vent, give some insight, just kind of talk a little bit, not making any, not making any specific particular point necessarily, and maybe making more than one point. Not sure. Just share some information. Obviously it will be my point of view, perspective, uh, that type of thing on politics More importantly, politics 2016, which is going to involve a conversation about possibly the two most controversial candidates to ever run against each other um, in an election ever. I'm not I'm 36, so I I can't and I I know a little bit about history. But from what I understand, um, there's been some controversial figures, but. These two folks uh, have stirred the pot um, across the board. So I'm going to talk about um, Grandma and um, and Mr. Drumpf uh, today because we're down to two, uh, basically. And I know Bernie's hanging around. Uh, if he does happen to beat Hillary somehow, then that'll be uh, great material for a whole nother podcast. So I'll just pretend like that's not going to happen and then be surprised if it does. But I, uh, I, I kind of, I got to give some disclaimers as well. Uh, full disclaimer, uh, initially, uh, one is that I'm, I'm, I pride myself and I'm very uh, blessed and fortunate to have the open mind that I do. And, and also to have some of the friends and the people that I, that I know uh, around me that, um, have co- really just, completely different views on things, um, politics included. And, um, the type of individual that I am, and I've always been, I've always been outspoken, maybe somewhat opinionated at times. I, I do speak my mind. I I'm, I'm very straightforward. However, prior to all those things taking place, which is oftentimes what some people will see prior to those things, I always have, I pride myself on being a listener first, whether I listen beforehand behind closed doors on my own time i like to gather information and listen first listen to um, the opposition listen to uh, people who just have information in general disseminate that information kind of come up with my own conclusions uh, compare contrast perspectives i i listen first so my my feedback or my opinions or my statements are not just blind or naive. They're based on having some information from opposing sides, different points of view and perspectives. And I'm very fortunate to have, and I encourage everybody out there to do the same thing, to interact with other people who share different points of view as you do. Now, be careful with who you try to converse with, because there are some people out there who have an opposite view of you or a different point of view than you do. And when they find out that you don't have the same one, they'll treat you differently or they won't be as open to you. Luckily, my friends and the people that I speak to that have different points of view uh, are open-minded as well in terms of 
speaking to me uh, and, and maybe somewhat listening to me somewhat as well. So um, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of different angles and politics is no different. A lot of different angles on some things and politics is no different. So the disclaimer is that my points of view are not blind or naive um, and, and shielded from information or perspectives that differ from my own. Uh, they are they are what they are after having gathered and gotten information from other points of view. The other disclaimer has to do with the fact that when it comes to politics, I think we need to be very, very clear and we need to understand something that it might seem like common sense and it might seem like a given, but the fact that we need to be clear about the fact that when when it comes to politics, each and every person, it's, it's almost, it's somewhat of a selfish uh, situation going on when it comes to voting. Each and every person votes and supports the person that they do based on their own personal agenda uh, or values or perspective or needs, wants, desires. The bottom line is we get behind, we stand behind, we support, we advocate for, we vote for the person or the figurehead that is closest to or represents what we want for ourselves, our own lives, and our families first. In some way, shape, or form, most of the time, um, it's very rare that you find someone that supports somebody for bigger issues, and that's hard to do. And the bigger issues then are bigger issues according to that person. So I just want to give the disclaimer that no matter what our opinions are or or our points of view are or who we support, it has to do with our personal views, our personal morals, our principles, our values, our agenda, what we want for ourselves, our lives, our families. That's the case there. So to fault somebody or to criticize somebody else for who they're voting for because of what you think about who they're voting for is somewhat naive in a sense that the reason why they're voting for that person is not because they see the candidate or the person the same way that you do. They see them or that person satisfies something to them that maybe means more to them than you do. So not trying to go on a little psychological rant there. That is a little bit of a psychology in my opinion and perspective when it comes to voting and, and who we support. And I think we kind of know that already, but I kind of want to put it into words. That being said, and, I, and I'm talking about psychology because in a minute I'm going to really get into the psychology of this Trump train and the fact that people, so many people do support this candidate uh, who has no political experience whatsoever uh, and is a, uh, evidently, you know, a savvy businessman or, or at least comes off and appears to be a savvy businessman and a, and a great talker, if you will, in terms of convincing and persuading and influencing uh, people. But I'm not here to attack or even advocate for necessarily uh, anybody. I will maybe defend uh, my point of view when it comes to a particular individual or kind of give some perspective in a, in a certain angle that in a view on how I see things, which may be different or the minority uh, in terms of the view of, of an individual or people. But um, it's, it's really hard not to speak on a few things uh, that are, that are prevalent when it comes to this Hillary Trump situation and the candidacy for 2016. Um, first and foremost, I, 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 I want to say about Trump, um, any, I don't attack him, uh, necessarily like a lot of people do to attack him personally and really criticize or put him down personally, uh, as much as I attack or not even attack as much as I address, 
um, just the lack of substance or the tendencies that maybe um, don't fit into what I think maybe the commander in chief uh, and a leader of the free world uh, really needs to embody or, or possesses. Um, so I, I got to give credit where credit is due. I listened to both and, and all of the, uh, the Republican, the, 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 the debates, uh, both sides, uh, listen to Trump talk. I listened to him speak. He's very convincing. He's very influential. Um, and he's very confident. And I think that the thing about Trump is, and I guess see if I don't go on a side rant here, Perception becomes reality. Perception, our opinions are stem from our perceptions. And this works for and against Trump, as I'll point out here in a second. So the perception of this individual is someone who is absolutely confident and secure in what they're going to do, knows exactly what they're doing and what they're going to do, is assuring you that you're going to win, you're going to like it, and everything's going to be great again. That confidence leads to the perception that this person is qualified. Now, we can look at some intangibles and see what he did here and there, and and we can kind of try to validate or verify that we think he's going to be competent and, and, and qualified because of all of his business moves and, and whatever. But I think that really the overriding factor in people supporting and being behind this movement is the confidence and the, and the, and the persuasion that he gives in telling you what you're going to, that you're going to win and that you're going to like it. He's telling you what's going to happen with really no credentials or, or credibility, not credentials, but credibility uh, or, or validity to uh, substance to, to why and how it's going to happen. He's just overridingly confident in telling you what's going to happen. And so if you're looking for someone with confidence, then you have it right there. And it's along with that, on top of that, he's also saying things that really strike a chord in people uh, internally that really you don't get to hear in a public platform very often. And so that will then make, you know, cause some people to really identify with. And some of what he says is, is absolutely true, in my own opinion. I mean, I think that he says some things that are, that are very close to the truth. Now, how he says them may be one of his biggest problems, but I, I, I understand um, this is the thing about, you know, not being psychology and understanding how, how the human mind works. You know, you, you understand people so much so that you can't fault them or blame them for what they think or believe because you understand why they think and believe the way that they do. Uh, that being said, there is a reason why, um, people do believe and think the way that they do. And I think it has to do with perception and these chords that are struck internally about issues that are very personable or emotional. Uh, when you strike that chord, you create a bond and support there that really leaves rational thinking um, and skepticism to the side because you're so gung-ho on your emotions and you're set forth on what you've been promised. Which brings me to um, another point of conversation that I was going to touch on that has to do with promises. And I'm listening to, I don't watch TV. I, 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 I don't watch hardly any TV if, if TV at all. I definitely don't watch the news, but I, I don't watch TV. I don't turn it on because the programming is not just programming for advertising. The programming is subconscious programming and it just completely dulls us down with the way things are kind of projected. And it's really hard to navigate through the nonsense to get something that's actually beneficial or educational, um, just trying to get entertained and you get soaked into it. So I don't watch TV and I have a nice TV. I have a very nice TV. The TV is great. It's very nice. It's there. I go with the Trump impersonation. Anyway, I have a very nice TV. It's an amazing TV. It's fantastic. 
and I don't watch it because of the reasons that I just told you. But when it comes to um, – I, I listen to and I gather information and, 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 and listen to the radio and I'll switch around on different uh, radio stations to hear interviews and conversations with talking heads and whatnot. And the thing that you hear about um, – the conversation was and there was a, an interesting comparison uh, between Trump and Bernie. And you think, well, how do you compare those two individuals when their views uh, politically, at least, are polar opposite in a lot of ways? They're, they're two completely different candidates. However, the way that they're similar, and I agree with this take that, that I heard this, this, this individual kind of make, and I think it makes perfect sense. And I always saw a similarity in how how – loud and and almost obnoxious they were the both of them are are with their with their approach um really confident really to the to the point as far as the point they're trying to make uh and really sticks to the same kind of rhetoric and the same speech over and over again no matter where they're talking or what they're doing i think my cat is snoring give me one second cut it out man you're interrupting my show so they, they're, they're kind of similar in that sense. But deeper than that, the similarity that I heard about that I agree with is the similarity in that both Trump and Bernie. Do you hear that? This guy, bro. I'm going to have to pause this thing real quick. Killing me, bro. Killing me. Wake your ass up. Snoring shit. Nobody got time for that. That was funny. I might leave that in. All right. The similarities between Trump and Bernie. Okay, so. The similarities between the two are the fact that they are both running their campaigns on promises. There's really no accountability uh, for the promises that they're both making. They're both, when you look at what they've both kind of built their platforms on and what their rhetoric is and what they're very, very opinionated and feel very passionate and feel very strongly about what they've said they're going to do or the promises they've said they're, they've, they've, they're going to make, they are damn near impossible. They've run their platform. They've run their campaign. Their platform is based on – they've run their, their campaign based on impossible promises. And there's really no accountability for the fact that what they've promised to do is, is, is damn near impossible. And this isn't my opinion that it's impossible. You hear people on both sides left and right and you hear uh, you know, uh, professionals and, 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 and individuals who, who are experts in the field of what these people are talking about. And, and the consensus is, you know, quiet consensus is that's not getting a lot of press or publicity or talked about very often because I guess people don't really care about the details, is that what they're promising that they're going to do, the thing that, that is getting the most you know, passion and energy uh, within their fan base getting them kind of riled up and what they're supporting is, is close to impossible to really follow through on. But nobody really is kind of concerned about that. And, and, and I heard somebody make a statement and it makes a lot of sense. I agree with the statement. It was fact free politics. And along the lines of fact free politics, this 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 year, this this uh, this uh, this campaign uh, or or. or what the hell's the word? This this race, these races that have been taking place this this season, this this year, 
it's really come to how loud you can be, how emotional you can get your fans, and and how you say what you're saying more than it is about what you're saying. So it's you know the substance is not really relevant, unfortunately, because we have candidates who are shouting and they're shouting the same emotional thing over and over again to the point where people are not really focusing on and paying attention to the facts as much as they maybe should be. So, again, this is not an attack on anybody in particular. I'm just pointing out a couple of points of view. I understand if you are a supporter of any particular candidate at this point, whether it be Bernie, Hillary, or Trump, and, and even prior, Cruz and, 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 and folks before that, you, you really saw you the people who supported the candidate that they supported were fixed on that supported. They were, they were, they were fixated on that candidate that they supported. They had their mind made up, and that, that's, that's no different. So I think, and it's going to be very interesting what happens with if Hillary wins and, and Bernie drops out, what the Bernie supporters are going to do. Because even at this point, it seems like Bernie supporters don't like Hillary. Hillary supporters like Hillary. Trump supporters like Trump. And they're not going to switch. So this, whoever's hearing this, you have made your choice. I understand you've made your choice, and you're going to most likely 99% sure you're going to stay with your choice no matter what I say or anybody else says. So that being said, it's that mindset of I'm, I'm, stay, I'm, I'm sold on this person. This is who I'm going to go vote for. Uh, I have been from the jump and I have been from the jump for specific reasons. And my reasons are blah, blah, blah. And they're not going to change at this point. So, but these promises, these promises by specifically Trump and Bernie, uh, with what they're promising to do that really, from the account of experts, is, is impossible really to follow through uh, on and, 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 and deliver uh, in its entirety. It's, it's really something else. Um, so I say that also as a nice little segue to, to, to Ms. Clinton, uh, to Hillary, in terms of the criticism that she has gotten, the number one the number one thing that I've heard and, and the number one criticism that, that I, I've heard and that I, I, the sentiment that, that consistently comes up when I hear why people are not a supporter of hers, why they don't like her, why they can't stand her, why they hate her, it all has to do, it seems like it surfaces around untrustworthiness. She's untrustworthy. She's dishonest. Now, that opinion can come, again, remember perspective, that opinion can come from a different, couple different places. The bottom line, though, is if you have a perspective, your perspective leads you to believe somebody is dishonest, then that's a character flaw that is going to be very strong. My point here is, and I'll make the distinction between, um, you know, the, the character, uh, the, the, the individual, uh, 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 Hillary, the individual and Hillary, the candidate, which some people cannot make that distinction. And I understand that. However, I will make that distinction in a minute and I'll see that that, that, that blur, those two things that have been blurred have then kind of led, I think, to a lot of the opinion and the perspective that they have of her. But in terms of dishonesty, first of all, let me back up. When we're talking about honest politicians, that's probably the most ridiculous statement that you can make. One of the most ridiculous. I mean, that is the most – talk about an oxymoron. So honest politicians, if we're looking for or talking about honest politicians, it's kind of a comedic, a comical conversation to begin with. So when you're talking about criticism of an individual for being dishonest and they're running as a politician, you kind of got to pull back the reins a little bit on your expectations. It's really insane. You know, when you go to dishonesty to kind of discredit a politician, I think we can do that across the board. But just pointing out that honest politician is 
is kind of an oxymoron and a whole maybe another conversation. But in terms of honesty specifically and talking about a point of view here with, with honesty, Bernie Trump and Hillary, Trump and Bernie seem to have run their whole campaign based on promises that they cannot really feasibly deliver. So yet on the other hand, I haven't heard any conversation really about Hillary uh, making promises to the American people that can't realistically be accomplished. She's maybe done and said a lot of different things, but in terms of promises during her campaign or politically or her policies, the promises, if she's made any at all, the statements that she's made have been realistic. You know, not that she, I know that she will, but she has the ability and potentially can actually deliver on them. Whereas you have these other two candidates that have gotten steamroll. I mean, the, the, the support is amazing, yet the support is support of promises that really seem to be out of touch and unrealistic. So really, who's being dishonest or, you know, kind of, you know, they say Hillary will say anything to get elected. She'll say anything to get elected. She'll do anything to get a say anything to get elected. Look at these two clowns. I mean, Talk about say anything to get elected. When you're standing up there making empty promises to the American people to get them all worked up and emotional to support you, when you know and your camp knows and the experts know you can't deliver on those promises, who's saying anything to get elected? I mean, just saying, when it comes to what you're saying politically now and the promises that you're making, let's kind of check and see what everybody's talking about here. So She'll say anything to get elected in interviews, personally. I, I don't know. I, I don't really keep up with the personal stuff and all of the behind-the-scenes stuff as much as I look at the policy things that I know on a grand scale uh, are going to be – she's going to be held to as a president. So she may say things and have said things that seem like she's angling and making her way to be a pre- – but to be honest with you, I'm not following everything that anybody's saying on that level. I can look at the level that I see, all of them equally, which is what they're saying behind that podium – in terms of their campaign, their policies, what they're promising. And again, when you have two of them really running their campaign based on promises that are not really realistically, they're not really policies or promises that can realistically be delivered upon. And then you have another candidate that, aside from the personal issues, which I can address right now a tad bit as well, because I talked about that divide between the candidate of Hillary and the the person, the individual uh, of Hillary, You know, you have the politician that is saying things that she can actually deliver on and she will be held accountable for, like the other individuals will be held accountable as well. Real quick, there was a political poll. I didn't know this. There was a political poll. And the results of the results showed that of all of the candidates, and this was prior to there being just three candidates left. This was when there was probably five or six. I I believe it was when Rubio, Cruz, and uh, Kasich were still all in the mix, along with Bernie Trump and, and Hillary. Of, of those candidates, the political poll results showed that Hillary ranked highest on factual statements regarding policy, a.k.a. told the most truth. I, I, this is not my opinion now, and I know it's a lot of people are very – they want to punch their window right now if they're in their car – Or they kind of want to break something because it just frustrates them to hear that when they have already decided she's a liar. I'm not telling you not to think she's a liar. I'm just telling you that this these these poll results showed that factually when it comes to policy and what the individuals that are running for president of the United States have said factually, it turns out that Hillary 
her statements have been more factual than the other candidates. Now, again, that has to do with distinguishing the individual Hillary from the candidate Hillary. And if you are going to conv- if you're convinced and you have decided that Hillary is a liar based on some things she has said per- or done personally, okay, then what I just told you, the information I gave you about that political poll is irrelevant. Um, and you can throw that out because you, regardless of what she says factually with policy, you've already decided that her character is flawed. She's dishonest. And that is then swaying you away from supporting her or voting for her as president of the United States. I understand if you're making that conclusion, that rationale. I, I get that. Um, however, uh, we can talk about personal character all day, and we would be talking about personal character until the sun comes up if we talked about these individuals uh, with anybody, actually. Um, but I'm not voting for a best friend. I'm not voting for a girlfriend. I'm voting for someone who has a realistic plan for the country, for the future of this country, and who I believe can and will implement and execute that plan. Why would I believe the things that I believe about that individual? Well, because of the only things that I can really look at to make that decision. And what are those things? Experience and political track record, not personal history. If you looked at my personal history... You would probably try to smear and discredit a lot of who I am and what I do now based on decisions I made at 20 years old, at 17 years old, at 26 years old. If you look at personal history, you can discredit a lot of what I'm doing right now. So on one hand, you have to be able to distinguish those two things. And for me, I'm making that distinction because I don't know her personally and I never will know her personally. If I made the jump to say, oh, because she was appeared to be dishonest here, or she made this statement here that didn't check out, or she did this, the thing that I didn't agree with. If I did all of those things, I could easily be skeptical and disqualify her as being a candidate for a presidency. However, I have to make a choice. I have to vote for somebody that I didn't pick to run in the first place. I have choices to make. And if I'm going to side with somebody that's closest to what I kind of support, and just so that you know what those may be, just so you can see why I wouldn't go, you know, Trump or Bernie, although Bernie is just a wild card and he may support these two things, but education, the environment. And if you want a third wild card in there, throw in women's rights, equal rights, rights of minorities. Those are the reasons why I would even consider voting for Hillary, let alone not voting for Trump. So just so you understand what's important to maybe me and why I'm on that side, that's, that's it. So it's a sim- it, that, those things make it simple when you look at what matters to me and, and where, what, where I fall. So that being said, I have to look at, not only look at, but consider Bernie or Hillary. And if I look at the two of them, like I told you, I think there's a lot of empty promises on the part of Bernie. I think that he's really gung-ho and he's pretty extreme. And I think that's probably an understatement. Um, and that's another comparison that you have with Trump and Bernie. They're both very extreme, and I don't like extremists being uh, in charge or in power. Um, going back to Hillary, though, I, again, if we make this a personal conversation, there's a lot of information out there and opinion out there that I understand could 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 sway somebody easier that, that maybe somebody has that – would help them make their decision that she's uh, – her character is flawed. She's unfit to be uh, – run the country because she's – you know, we're not – we don't really know what she's going to do, what she's going to say based on her history. I understand that, but I'm pointing out if I'm voting for someone and I'm supporting someone to be president and I have the choices that I have and I have the information that I have, I'm going to choose to look at what I have and I'm focusing on that. And, again, I, I, I don't get too much into the personal stuff on either side. You see, 
I'm not attacking Trump for his personal decisions, his statements. And I honestly don't even believe that he's as much of a, a sexist, racist kind of individual that he's been made out to be. I don't know that. He might be even worse, but I don't focus on those things. Obviously, I will hold him accountable for what he has said, and it doesn't really look very good. But if I'm not voting for him, it's probably not actually going to be, first and foremost, because of those things that he said. It's going to be because of what I told you. His policies aren't there. His He has no really clear uh, anything except for the fact that the country has gone to shit, that he's going to make it great again, and we fail at everything, and, and he's going to fix everything. That's, that's really the only consistent that I've found. You look at a guy named like Cruz, he's not in the race anymore, but you know what you got with him. You knew what he stood for, and if it was aligned with what you wanted, you knew who you were supporting, and you knew what you were going to get. He was consistent with his policies. He was consistent with his stance. Kind of like Hillary is consistent with where she is now. Obviously, people can can evolve. They can grow and change. And maybe she's kind of changed her mind and, and made a, a, a has a different decision now than she did 20, 30, 40 years ago about some things. But I don't think she's as flip-floppy or, or uns, uncertain as you would with Trump. So if I don't vote for Trump or I have criticism for Trump, it's not personal criticism. It's criticism about him being fit in terms of his policies, lack of policies, political track record that's not there at all, and his experience in something like serving as commander-in-chief and being in the political arena. That's where I go. I don't attack him personally, uh, although that's really the gist of what I hear when it when the criticism goes at Trump is his personal attacks. Don't focus on that. Focus on the track record and the credibility that he has in the political arena, but you're going to do what you want to do. In terms of experience, you know, I, I think that we get so caught up with the personal stuff and it's fun for people. It's what they relate to the most because they don't really understand politics or government. So it's easy to just talk about the personal stuff. But fact of the matter is this. Trump has no political track record at all. He has no experience in terms of the government or politics. Some people think that's a good thing. I think it might help a little bit. But when he gets up in there, he's in it and he needs to have know what's kind of going on, even if he wants to change some things. When you, when you talk about Hillary, okay, th- these are facts here. When it comes to experience, do you even know what the Secretary of State does? Like, are, are you even familiar with what the Secretary of State does? Yeah, you know about Benghazi because there's a story about it and there's a trial and everything else. And there's media that covers Benghazi and she was in a position of, you know, Secretary of State while Benghazi took place. But do you know what the Secretary of State even does? That's what she did. She served as Secretary of State for four years. Do you even know what that position does? Do you know what she accomplished and what she actually did and served uh, while she was Secretary of State for this country? Do, do, you, do you know? Ask yourself that question. So that's really important because she's done some things there that maybe a lot of people don't even understand the work that she did or the experience and knowledge that she got from serving as Secretary of State. Secretary of State, by the way, is not a secretary that sits behind a desk somewhere. And so, you know, check that out a little bit. Find out some information for yourself. She's also senator for a good eight years. And 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 by the way, on top of being secretary of state and senator, and, and again, I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just food for thought. She was first lady of the United States for eight years, meaning she lived in the White House for eight years. She's been in it before for, for eight years. So regardless of what you think about Billy Clint, the experience is there. Even if it's as a failure for eight years, the experience is there. So I, I, I just wish that there was more consideration as far as credibility is concerned when we look at experience and not so much the key issues or the specific issues that people kind of latch on to to discredit her. I'm not 
trying to make excuses for the opinions or, or the, the things that have taken place, um, whether you're, whatever your opinion of Benghazi and how that was handled was, or your opinions about these email situation, how relevant that is, how important that is, or opinions about things that she said and comments that she's made in interviews that have kind of turned out to not be factual, if you will. Whatever the specific personal issues are or the particular uh, government issues are, that you have that you've held on to along with those things, you know, cause she is a human being. She's not a robot. She should be held accountable for them to the extent that they are accountable. And I, and I don't even know the gist or the details of each and every single one of them to the point that I can even defend her. Some of them may be indefensible. I'll, I'll give you that. But again, I'm not looking for a best friend. I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm not looking for anybody that is, has a perfect clean track record that's going to be immaculate and, 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 and I'm under the illusion or, or hypnotized that they're, they're going to be deliver on these grand promises um, for whatever the reason is. I'm looking at things like experience. I'm looking at things like track record over their career. That's what I'm looking at. And really, obviously, going back to what I said initially with the beginning of the show, if they're aligned with what I stand for, if they're aligned with what I kind of support on a grand scale, because if you know me, I'm a conservative Democrat. I, I, I'm all about fiscal conservativeness. I'm all about personal responsibility. I support the military. All of those things. That's me. So um, I, I'm not completely 100% aligned with Democrat, traditional liberal left-wing democratic approach views all across the board 100%. And, and anybody who knows me knows that I'm such an eclectic individual when it comes to views like that as far as politics. But this is a specific conversation about Trump and Hillary, Bernie uh, somewhat, and things that I just wanted to address. And again, I'm saying all this under the under the with the understanding that if you have your mind made up or you've selected your candidate, I know that you're probably gung-ho and fixed on that individual, and I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. This is maybe just food for conversation and information for an alternative perspective on these individuals. Again, with Trump, it's not a personal attack. With Hillary, I'm not defending her personal uh, statements or actions. I'm really just giving my angle of where I stand and looking at the two individuals as candidates, uh, potential candidates for to be president of the United States and commander in chief. Um, and that's really my, my kind of view, my kind of take on that. Um, I could go, you know, on even more about the phenomenon and the psychology of, of the supporters of Trump and really why they're supporting. The last thing I'll end with this. I think that there was a good conversation there. I think it was a CBS president, CBS CEO, CBS, some high, uh, high end brass for one of the news media outlets even said that Trump may not be good for the country, but he's great for ratings. And I don't think that's a secret. You know, there's something to the, there's something to be said for the fact that Trump is his name and his, and his face, uh, is consistently being said and broadcasted all of the time. And you look at the TV, the coverage is, is insane. And the and, and, and there's coverage for a reason, but I think that there's some psychology behind this. Um, the more prevalent and the more uh, common, you know, the more often you see somebody or you hear somebody's name, 
the more relevant and important they are. And this started a long time ago, but I think that momentum has gained. They've gained. He's gained that momentum, not just be, momentum, not just because of what he's saying, but also because of the help and the push that he's gotten from how he is, who he is, and what that's done for the media to jump on and really push, good, bad, or otherwise, push him out there to be a face almost for their broadcast. That that kind of turns into relevance in some people's minds. Um, it turns into importance. It turns into um, you know things like that that maybe lead to people kind of thinking, well, this this guy is really relevant. He really matters. I'm gonna kind of support this or what he's saying must be. So the media is really to blame for a lot of this this momentum and this kind of the illusion behind the guy. Um, I, that's just that's undeniable. And and you have you know guys like this this guy for CBS or whoever the individual was kind of saying that. But even if he didn't, I think common sense says you turn the TV on. The coverage is insane. Um, and 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 on that note, I, I, I don't agree with with the conversations about Trump being consistently um, hating or or, or smearing or attacking or or putting down or or really negatively dismissing him in in really an extreme way uh, personally, um, really at this point at all, because this is the comparison that I'll make, you know, trying, excuse me, trying to really, trying to put Trump down or trying to discredit Trump or trying to really, attack him and discredit his campaign, it almost seems to backfire no matter how you go about doing it if you do it. I, I just think of I think of like at this point people have their minds made up. So it's kinda like, you know, I'll give you a sports analogy. Uh if you're a Red Sox fan, you know, disrespecting or criticizing the Yankees to a Yankees fan is not going to sway their vote. It's going to make you more hated and it's going to draw even more of a divide and really prove their point that you're an idiot. So it's like you're, you're really at this point when you attack or you try to put down, you know, it's like, you know, there's no such thing as bad press. Anytime you're making an attack or a statement or you're saying something, it's really backfiring at this point. I, I hear it. And they hate me attacks. They really only make him more popular and they create more of a divide. Another example I'll give you is if you have maybe say a girl that you can't stand that you don't like. And this girl is all about being seen, being known, being looked at. She puts her pictures everywhere. She broadcasts her image on everything. She puts her images on social media. She's all about attention and she wants to be seen by everybody. It makes about as much sense to attack Trump to kind of discredit him as it does to take pictures of that girl and put pictures up everywhere and says under the picture, I don't like this person. Don't vote for this person. This is a bad person. Nobody's hearing what you're saying. Nobody's hearing the words that you're saying or giving any credit to what you're saying. All they're doing is seeing the picture that you're putting up. In in other words, when you attack Trump or discredit him or try to have a conversation or put him down or you hate on him or whatever you want to call it, if you address it, Nobody's hearing the substance or the content that you're saying. All they're hearing is his name. And when they hear his name, that's a good thing because that's more attention. That's more pu- pre- that's more press, more publicity. <clears throat> I think you get the point. That's my take on that. So just kind of consider that, if you will. Address the situation. Try to do it intellectually if you can. Pick and choose your battles. Don't have a conversation with everybody who has an opinion because most times opinions are made up. And if you try to be intellectual with somebody who's emotional, you're going to lose every single freaking time because there's no sense and no rationale behind emotion oftentimes. So be, be pick and choose your battles and try to understand what you're doing and really take a good look at what you support. Again, the guy says a lot of things that I agree with, and, and he's probably very, very savvy and very great at at what he does do i just don't think that what he does do 
is, qualifies him to be president of the United States. That's really all I can say about Trump, and I can leave it there. And, and that's that's my opinion. And you can hear other sides of an argument or or you know approach that kind of thing, and and you know defenses, and they'll pull information from everywhere else. But that's that's kind of my take. Unreal. I've been talking for 40 minutes straight about these two knuckleheads that are running for president. Um, pick and choose your battles. Pick your candidate. Don't pick your candidate. Try to find somebody you support. Um, education is key. Educate each other. Be open-minded. Listen to conversation about things. Um, just because they don't come together in Washington, D.C. doesn't mean that we can't come together. Regardless of what your views are, be open to other people's point of view. You know that I am. Um, this is session number one. This is episode number one. That being said, any feedback that you do have, whoever you are, if you're listening, shoot me the feedback. I'd love to hear it, good, bad, or ugly. Give me the feedback, support, criticism, whatever it is. I'm open-minded. I want to hear what it is. I'll address it. I'll speak on it. I welcome all feedback uh, from anybody out there. That being said, I'm out. I will see you episode two. Peace.